Welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. Sitting across from me is a very happy Big Chris Newton, and I've got to ask the question, how you living, Big Newt? Man, we live in large, man. I'm going to tell you what, bro. We've been doing the three things we like, the three things we don't like, and it's only one thing I don't like about what happened this weekend, dude. Yeah. And that one thing is the fact that I didn't go. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing. Forget the missed extra points. Forget all this. I don't care about none of that. I'm just jealous of everybody who got to go to that game. And that was just a big old party, man. And and to see the Patriots fans just leave and and, and quickly t- – the thing about it is not, they don't really care because they just quickly turn to the next day like, I'm rooting for Tom Brady now, you know? Right. (laughs) So here on Jamie D and Big Newt, we are going to talk about all things Buffalo Bills because it's what we do week in and week out. But before we get started, there's something really cool that I found out about Big Newt, and I think that you're going to appreciate this. Okay. Uh, I started a new job a couple of weeks ago. And upon getting to know some of the people who work there, I met a woman named Laura Chandler. And Laura is involved with this really cool charity called Special Spectators. What they do is they provide children who have severe illnesses with opportunities to go to football games and sporting events as VIPs. In fact, they have one coming up for the Senior Bowl. And if you go to their website, which is specialspectators.org, you see all of these kids with some of the biggest stars from college football over the past few years. They've got Baker Mayfield and uh, Brett Favre is going to be there at the Senior Bowl. And they get the kids involved with that stuff. And us, Bill's Mafia, what do we do? We give. We raise money for good causes. And I I just want to put a call out to all of Bill's Mafia to go to Special Spectators and check it out. Donate if you can, get involved. It just seems like a really cool, cool cause, and I'm enthused by it. It does, man. It sounds like that make-a-wish thing, you know? That's what it kind of sounds like, you know? It's like, uh, you know, sports-based more than anything. So that sounds like a good thing. So Bill's Mafia, man, if you can, whatever you can give, go ahead and log on, and uh, let's contribute, man. We'll do what we do. Let's give. Let's do what we do. And that's what you and I are going to start doing right now. We are going to talk Buffalo Bills, and I want everybody to know that in honor of the shirtless Ryan Fitzpatrick, former (laughs) Bills great Ryan Fitzpatrick, I will say, being in the stadium shirtless, Big Newt and I are doing the podcast without our shirts on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, first of all, hold on. Let's clarify some things because you said I was sitting across from you. That's you're in true. DC. You're in DC. I'm in Richmond, so we're we're 120 yeah. miles away from each other. But <laughs> yes, I am in my dining room, and you're in your living room space. So yeah, I could take off my shirt for the funsies. Why not, man? In the spirit yeah. of the moment, I could do that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I wonder if our wives would do it too. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> How, how before we get to the game, man? How you feeling, man? Give us an update. How you doing? And tell us about what uh, happened this week. Okay, so for those of you who may not know, the big man was doing the show not solo last week, but he was in the driver's seat along with Anthony Marino, who's pinch hitting for me because I was laid up. I was on the COVID list. So this week, I'm feeling much, much better. But. Okay, Last week, I had no voice. I felt like garbage. They all tell me that this Omicron variant is a walk in the park. Well, it wasn't. It sucked. And (laughs) if you can avoid getting it, avoid it. So, and I mentioned on the show when you were gone, it was almost to the year to the day. Mm -hmm. um, First round playoffs and you contracted COVID. So. Was it, do you feel like it was, because you're vaccinated, you're boosted, so do you feel like Mm -hmm. it was worse this time around or the first time? 
No, the first time was way, way worse. The okay. uh, Delta variant was... I, I don't want to get too far away from the game here, but... I got you. I got you. I, I had a fever for 12 consecutive days the first time around, and this was like three or four days of not feeling good. So it was a walk in the park by comparison. I got you. And let's bring it to the game, man. So you text yeah. me. <laughs> I was like, dude... <laughs> Because I, I told you, man, I was looking at those tickets, man, and as, as of game time, man, those tickets were going for – third once, the, uh, once we kicked off, the tickets down low were going for like 15 bucks, dude. Oh, my and gosh. So, and so as they were going lower, lower, I'm texting you. I'm, that day I was like, dude, where you at? And you was like, man, I'm still in Rochester. My flight leave at 4. And I'm like, well, dude, hold on. Well, maybe I could get up there. We go to the game. And then you <laughs> went to- <laughs> I'm like, this is like game time decision, bro. I'm like, I'm eight and a half hours away. I could drive up. And what did you say? I said, um, <laughs> I'm still not feeling well. And you said, whatever, you won't die. And I said, I'm not worried about dying. I'm worried about being uncomfortable. It's going to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really said, I quote, if you die, you die. That's what I said. Oh, yeah, that is what you said. <laughs> like, if you die, you die, man. This Bill's whole playoff and these tickets, they're almost giving them away. And you was like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't do it, man. It's too cold. And I was thinking of my – because my wife was like, man, ain't no way you're going to be able to sit out there for three hours like, man. And then seeing Fitz now taking his shirt off, and I just want to say how <laughs> awesome that is that a real live quarterback that's on an NFL roster came to Buffalo with his kids and took his shirt off and was sitting with the commoners. I was like, man, that should have been me, man. I felt so bad. Hashtag bring Fitz home. That guy to, needs to sign with the Bills this offseason. Got to, man. Whenever he gets done, man, he got to come and back, back and be our backup or something, man. Yeah. I love that guy. He loves Buffalo, man. I love it. He's a free agent now. Well, as soon Let's as the year is over. Let's Buffalo go get needs him, to man. bring him back. Let's go Hashtag get him. bring Fitz home. So, yeah. the Buffalo Bills destroyed the New England Patriots and I, I know that we don't actually have to say what it is that we're so giddy about, but Newt, that was like one of their top three wins of all time. And I couldn't be more enthused. Dude, and it was it, it looked like a big party, man. And you you couldn't ask for anything less, dude. And so Jalen and Simone, they went on uh they went to a church retreat. And so they were coming home, and I say they came home like right at halftime. And so uh, Grace's parents came in, and they were like, and so by that time, you know, my obviously my wife is from Massachusetts. She's a Patriots fan. We sitting there watching the game together. She got on her gear. I got on my Bills gear. But by that time, they gave her a reason to kind of exit and kind of entertain. So they kind of entertained. Grace's dad came in. He's the Cowboy fan. We sitting there watching the game, right? And so – under no other, I'm saying all that to say under no other circumstances would that have been allowed. If that mm-hmm. game was tight, no way that they would even have made it past my uh, my driveway. But we were <laughs> up. It was a big party. I was in a great mood. My wife had gave up, so she entertained while I stayed in the boom boom room. I watched the rest of the game and it kind of entertained. But it was just a big party, man. And I, you couldn't ask for anything more, man. That was a perfect weekend for us as Bills fans, man. It, it, it was. And the only thing that I'm worried about is that they peaked in that game. Uh, but what we're hoping for is they keep improving. Because what we saw is a Bills team going up against a very good New England defense, a solid New England offense. And from the moment Micah Hyde had that unbelievably acrobatic and just gorgeous interception in the end zone, the game was over. That play right there set the tone because oftentimes you'll see a defensive back get over and just knock the ball away. No, 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 no. Micah Hyde grabbed that ball on a diving interception in the end zone. Game over. That was it. The Patriots never stood a chance after that. 
I look at that play like I looked at Teron Johnson last year against Baltimore. Once we got that, and, and you might be like, well, Big New, that was early in the game. That pretty, because they was driving, right? And for them That's... to take a shot down the field, Levi Wallace had got burnt. All right, mm -hmm. but we have two all pro, pro bowl caliber safeties to where they came and made big plays, man. And in playoffs, that's what it's about. It's about who's going to make big plays, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was one of them, man. To, in my mind, that is going to, if we make this run like I think we can, like people, the pundits think we can, that's going to be one of the memorable plays. Think about it. Like last year when Teron Johnson got uh, picked off Lamar Jackson for the hundred yard uh, interception return, that's what you're going to remember about our last year's playoffs. That mm -hmm. play is one of the plays I think you're going to remember about this run because that seemingly, I mean, early on that made that gave them no life, bro. Gave them no life. Outstanding play, man. Yes, and. The Buffalo Bills offense going up against a top five defense in the NFL was unstoppable. Josh Allen had more touchdowns than he had incompletions for the game. That had only been done four other times in NFL history. Oh my God. <laughs> almost a 99 QBR to do play almost a perfect game. And I think it would have been a perfect game if uh, what was it they were talking about? Is it the Dawson Knox catch where he got down to the one yard line? Mm -hmm. If he would have made it to the end zone that play, then it would have been almost a perfect, almost a perfect game. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and once again, man, Josh Allen, and I'm going to bring the energy, man. If I ever meet that dude, I'll buy him a shot, dude. He, he, if he plays like that, if he, if he gives me ninety percent of what he gave me, will win a Super Bowl. I'm saying yeah. it now. I'm giving you the heart. If he plays, give me ninety percent. Give me eighty five percent of what he did. Give me eighty five percent of what he did. We will win the next three games. You think so? I, yes, because I have faith in our defense. I have faith yeah. in our like everybody's talking about. Well, we need thirty eight points against Mahomes. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. I don't think I don't think they're gonna let me shut up. I don't want to say that because I don't want to jinx this. The sports guys is listening. They, they will because no, I don't I, I want to just put it in perspective. I want to give them the energy. We whooped a good team like they were yes. scrubs. We whooped yep. it. Okay. It was more the than a whooping. Chiefs, the Chiefs did too. The Chiefs whooped the Steelers. Now, granted, I think New England's better than the Steelers. At this yeah, point, but they stopped the mud hole in them too. Okay. <laughs> so we both did our thing. I this is gonna be the game where having Trey White might hurt us, but the way our defense is playing, man, I just I knock on wood, man. I don't see them scoring 35 points against us. I, I just don't. Let's get there in a moment. Okay, I'm going too far. I'm sorry. But Let, yes, let's talk about the week ball. that was a little bit okay. more because, as I said, that may be a top three game in Buffalo Bills history, and I don't, I don't want to move on without giving it its its time. It's due. It's due. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it, and it's okay because you are excited, Newt. And there's nothing I like better than a, an excited big Chris Newton. Seriously. No, it is one of my favorite things in this world. So I'm glad you're feeling it, buddy. I just want to give Josh Allen his energy, man, because I am. I'm a critic of him, but I'll be the first one to cheerlead when he does well, man. He looked, he gave a historic performance, and I just think we have to just bring that to light and give it his just due. I am giving him his roses for that performance, man. Outstanding play. 308 yards passing. Only four incompletions, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He stayed upright. I don't think he took a sack. Um, rushed for almost 70 yards on six carries. He made Judon look like, like a peewee <laughs> football player out there. Yeah. He didn't want no parts of him. I mean, it was it was all it was everything. It was a perfect game for him. And 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 let's let's Back this up with some other numbers as well. 
Josh Allen set the record for the highest QBR in the history of the stat, which came out in 2006 with 98.5 total QBR. The previous record was held by Tom Brady, and he had had it for 14 years. He's the first player in NFL history with five passing touchdowns and 80-plus completion percentage and 50-plus rushing yards in a single game. He's the first QB in NFL playoff history with 300-plus passing yards, five TDs, and over 60 rushing yards. And his passer rating was 157.6, which is the second best ever for a playoff game behind a perfect 158.3 by Peyton Manning. So he was off the mark by seven-tenths of a point. Domination. Josh Allen was a one-man wrecking crew, but he didn't do it alone. We have to talk about the offensive line. We have to talk about the offensive line. I guess they heard the criticisms we had. Oh, we got to fix this offensive line in the offseason. But I tell you, man, the last month of this, I'll say the last month, man, them dudes are playing like they they all want to come back and they all want to be starting for the Buffalo Bills. They mm-hmm. played outstanding, man. Outstanding play. And – they finally got it through their thick skulls, and I'm talking about the I'm talking about the coaches, specifically Bobby Johnson. The Bills are now using much more of a pin and pull and gap blocking scheme as opposed to zone blocking, which this team is not cut out for. And people are saying, well, Devin Singletary, he finally is finding his stride. Well, yes, but that's because the offensive line is blocking for him. He has looked great the last month, but it's because they are scheming it up the right way. And we've been calling for this. We've been calling for this since last season when the Bills running offense took a step backwards. Thank God that they're finally doing this and they're doing a great job with it. Ryan Bates, should somebody lose their job over this guy having been on the bench until now? Yeah, I know, right? He's come in, man. He's missed the role. He's coming in as extra blocky. He looks great. Our offensive line, man, and Ryan Bates. And and I guess they listen. I guess the uh, powers that be listen to the JBD Big News Show because you've been banging the table <laughs> for that, right? You've been saying yes. that from the beginning. I, I give you props, man. You've been hollering about us changing our budget seat. And what about what about Mitch Morris, man? And congratulations mm-hmm. to him. I think and I ain't mentioned this last week, but uh, he just had a baby girl, I believe. Yeah. His yeah. wife gave birth on Tuesday. So I remember he left the game and went to Kansas City, and I think she gave birth the next day to a baby girl. So congratulate! I forgot to mention that. Congratulations to the uh, Morris family. But to see him out there pulling, man, I tell you, man, that for a center to pull, that's that's pretty good stuff. So I like what we're doing up front, man. I tell you, and that's what he's designed for. He is a guy who is not meant to take on the big, burly defensive tackles and bull rushers. He's a guy who is made to move his feet. That's what he does extremely well. And you saw it time and time again, him and Bates pulling or him and Spencer Brown pulling. Uh, Even Reggie Gilliam getting in there and playing really physically. It's really nice to watch that happen because that is exactly the kind of scheme that these offensive linemen, these are guys who can move their feet. This is what works out well for them. They don't take on, you know, they're, they're not road graders. We've said that they're doing it right. They're hitting on all cylinders. And when Josh Allen is as accurate as he has been with the offensive line blocking like that, how do you slow this team down? I don't know, man. I guess Kansas City, they're going to have their hands full trying to figure it out this week. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, The other thing I want to take a look at is Buffalo's defense played the run really well, which had been their Achilles heel all season. It helped that they got out to a huge lead, obviously. Right. Right. 
Right. New England, we held them to 20 rushes for 89 yards. We contained uh, the big, uh, the rookie uh, running back Harris from Alabama. That was one of the things we worried about. And uh, yeah. we 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 kept them in check. And if you notice, uh, we kind of went. You know, during the year we went a lot of nickel defense, but you mm-hmm. saw a lot of AJ Klein to load up against the run. So I think that's a wonderful adjustment. And outside maybe the first two drives, I mean, we pretty much held them in check. So we didn't hear too much from their running game at all. Right now, they did something. They schemed something up fantastic on offense that was going to work and then they just didn't really have a chance to use it I don't know if you recall early in the game but New England when they had the ball they were putting two players in the backfield along with the quarterback to Mm -hmm. get AJ Klein on the field and then they were passing out of that formation and Klein got burned a couple times I promise you that the Chiefs saw that and are going to put that into their playbook it's going to be hard for A.J. Klein to come in as the third linebacker against a team so dynamic mm-hmm. as the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I do see that um, once again, and that's going to that's gonna hurt us uh, not having Trey White this game, just like we kind of thought going into the Tampa Bay game with their receiving core, who played outstanding this week also. We're going to talk about the other games uh, later on, but – yeah, I agree, man. This is going to be something where it might be a little bit of mismatch having that uh, 4-3 defense. But I, I, I believe in Leslie Frazier. I think we're going to get it right. Um, and hopefully we can just contain and watch. I don't know if you watched the Chiefs game this weekend, but they lit, mm-hmm. ran, they ran a lot of middle screens. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. really weary of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, bringing, moving guys in motion from the wide receiver spots and giving it to them doing a lot of fakes and giving it to him right in the middle of the line. So we got to be watchful for that. Yes. And I was thinking about it earlier, and I was comparing position to position, position group, I should say, between the Bills and the Chiefs. And I was thinking quarterback, I you know, there's a slight edge to Mahomes um, as a thrower, but Allen's a better runner, so, you know, they cancel each other out. I feel like the running backs sort of cancel each other out. Uh, they have, have a distinct advantage at tight end, even though Dawson Knox has played well. He's not Travis Kelsey. And then the wide receivers... <clears throat> You know, they're, you know, the Bills have some great receivers. The Chiefs have really fast receivers, including a great one in Tyreek Hill. So I'm not sure what those look like. The Bills, the Bills probably are better on the back end of their defense. They're definitely better on the back end of their defense, but the lines, this is what worries me about this matchup. Kansas City's offensive line is superior to the Bills' offensive line. And so is their defensive line. In fact, quite a bit better than the Bills' defensive line. That's what worries me about this matchup is what's going to happen in the trenches. Because I feel like the team that wins the line of scrimmage generally wins the game. And I feel like they have a talent advantage there. Okay, going back, let's let's start at the beginning of what you said. When you look at it from toe to toe, man to man, are you saying historically, are you saying this year, or are you saying how they're playing right now? Right because now. If you say it real time right now, okay, I have to disagree with you on a couple of those things. Okay. Do right tell. Now, right now, I will take Josh Allen over my home. Right now, today, not as a career, so don't think, oh, yeah, you get full of it. But right now, how they're playing right now, I will take Josh Allen over Mahomes. So even though Mahomes had five touchdown passes in 10 minutes, you still you he, still say that they're not sort of neck and wet, neck and neck. No, 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 no. If you say they're wet and wet, that's fine, but I thought you said you'd take Mahomes. I I think they cancel each other out. You said yeah, so you you said it was a push. I don't think it's a push. I think it's Josh Allen only because of the running threat. Okay. Of the running threat. So if they do shut it, like let's just say it goes back and forth. 
I feel like Josh Allen can keep the chains moving I, against, and you got to realize he's going against our defense. Mahomes mm-hmm. going against our defense. We're going against their defense. And granted, they got Chris Jones. They got a couple of guys. I might be drinking the Kool Aid, man. I just think we can. I think we can move the ball against them. So I would take. I would take uh, Josh Allen right now today. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Everything so else. Take I, him. I, everything else. I would kind of, If Dawson Knox play like he played, <laughs> if Dawson Knox give me what he gave me this weekend, shoot, he he ain't Kelsey. Don't get me wrong, Kelsey, man, he can dance. I like when he scores. He do the Dougie. That's all cute and all. But if Dawson, <laughs> if Dawson Knox play like he played this weekend, that's almost a push. Once again, I'm not talking about career. I'm just talking about how they right. play lately. Like, I can see, I can see Dawson Knox giving, I can see Dawson Knox this weekend giving me what Travis Kelsey gives them. That's all. I, I just think it's possible. Okay. I guess I'm basing it on expectation. How do okay. I expect them to perform? Okay, Not that's fair. Last week, I'm saying the last month of the season. How you been okay. playing? You know, that's all. So I don't want to sound like I'm drinking the Kool Aid, but I have to give them props on how they've been looking. So, and I understand you're tempering your expectations also, but everything else, I pretty much agree. It's up. I feel like our defense is playing better than theirs. Oh. Well, they have had a top five defense uh, for the last eight games of the season. They they went from historically bad to one of the better defenses in the league. Okay. And, and I don't know how they one, did that. And we're the number one defense in the league. Yeah. It has been the number one defense the majority of the year. So and we're going to need every bit of it against the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I just think – I feel – I. And I know you're looking at it like you hope that we didn't, you know, we didn't uh, peak too quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I, watching them this weekend, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's two point, they're two point favorites, which is pretty much, you know, a push. Um, if you get anything less than three points, then that's pretty much go either way. Um, we are going back to Kansas City. I don't know if you saw Stephon did. He went and saw his brother play this weekend. Dallas mm-hmm. lost. Um, to a dumb play. I guess we're going to talk about that too, but they lost to the dumb play, but he uh, tweeted out, this is the revenge game. And he had the picture of the confetti coming down last year in Kansas City. So we're going back to where it started last year in the AFC Championship. So I feel good about this. Um, And once again, it comes down to the defense. If we look like a number one defense, they're top five defense, that's fine. But if Josh Allen looks like that, then I feel very good about this matchup. <laughs> what I'm happy about, what the best throw was probably the one the touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. That when you he's wide, because like I said, man, I beat him up. Dudes be open. You gotta hit him, and God did he hit him in the frigid cold, everything. He hit him, and that's what I want to see. I want to see him throw the ball through the air, through the cold, and hit guys in stride. And he and he did it, man. So give me some of that, and I feel good about the win, man. I feel also, good about the win. the second Dawson Knox touchdown where Josh Allen, I, I guess Knox is running a, a post, and Allen put that ball, just drove it right into his stomach. Like there's no way Knox could have dropped that ball. <laughs> The second like, the ball would have knocked right? him over before he dropped it. Right, right. <laughs> man, five catches. What about Dawson Knox? Man, give that man his roses. Man, five catches, Yo, almost yeah. ninety yards, two touchdowns. Oh man, I'm so. He happy. has turned himself into a player, hasn't he? An impact player, bro. And that's what I'm saying, man. He like if you look at that once again. I know this is just one game, but if you look at. Five catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. That's Travis Kelsey-like. That's mm-hmm. pro bowl, all-pro type production. And it opens up so many other things for the offense when we can get him involved. Isaiah McKenzie, man, three catches, 45 yards, and then also rushing for another 30. So now mm-hmm. we got the full compliment, uh, compliment of our whole offense and everybody's contributing. 
So we look like me. If you look at it, man, we look like the Kansas City Chiefs. Think mm-hmm. about it. Think about how we look this weekend. And Track that's me. what it's about, man. Yes, we look dynamic, man. We look like we had speed everywhere. Everything was working. The line was holding up. Josh Allen looked competent. We just need that same effort this weekend. If we do, man, hey, you got a lot to feel good about, Bill Mafia. I'm telling you that. I promise you. So it does look like a team that is pulling it together at the right time. It looked like toward the end of the season, what the Bills were doing was they were biding their time, and then at the end of the year, they started playing their best football. And what you saw against the New England Patriots in the first round of the playoffs was the absolute best we have seen of the Buffalo Bills this season. Are they going to keep it moving forward and build off of that? Are they going to plateau or are they going to take a step backwards? This has the feel of a team, though, that is moving forward. And we may not have seen the best of them yet. This might be a team that is designed to peak out four weeks from now, five weeks from now. And what happens then? We'll be Super Bowl champs, man, and I'll be crying like when my kids was born. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) But a couple of things, man, a couple of things that I did enjoy because some little things, Boogie Basham got in, got Mm -hmm. a sack. That felt good. Um, Jerry Hughes in what might be his last game in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. All right got a sack that felt good like that felt like i mean i don't know i guess i was all nostalgic uh watching big ben pittsburgh it was probably his swan song so i got to think is this jerry hughes last you know staying in buffalo is this his swan song um so i it was those little things man but um yeah i i don't think it's gonna be a situation we won't know until we see the game and see how they come out It feels good that we have the advantage that we know we went to Kansas City and we beat them early this year. Now, granted, they were a different team, but we Mm -hmm. handed it to them. We handed it to them. Now, this is a different team, but psychologically, you know you could go in there and get a win. The last thing we think about isn't the playoff game where we lost. We've been there since, and we beat them on their home turf. So psychologically, I think that will be uh, advantageous for us. Yes. As long as they don't expect the Chiefs to play like that team. The Chiefs turned the ball over four times in that game. The Bills cannot expect that to happen again. They need to the Bills need to play even better than they did the first time in order to yeah. beat this Chiefs team. I agree. I agree. And let the revenge tour continue. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. This weekend, were you hoping that we, because it was two options, Pittsburgh would have beat the Chiefs, then we would have played Cincinnati at home. That's the game I wanted. You wanted Cincinnati. You wanted Joe Burrow and DeMar Chase. As incredibly as they're playing right now, I think that that Joe Burrow is not Patrick Mahomes yet, and also the Cincy defense – just isn't that good. Okay. So you think, so you're pretty much saying that Tennessee will have their way with Cincinnati in this weekend. That I don't know. I I think that the Chiefs are better than the Bengals, but I don't know how I feel about the, the Titans-Cincinnati game. I actually feel like the winner of this Bills-Chiefs game is going to end up representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we if we get past the Chiefs this weekend, you feel good about us getting past Tennessee or Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. Um, because I don't think that either team can I, – I don't think can – let me say that again. I don't think the Titans can score with the Bills, and I don't think that – 
Cincinnati can stop the Bills' offense. Okay. All right. Another question for you. I wrote down in my notes, and I mentioned this earlier. You said that you felt like that this win versus New England was a top three all-time franchise win. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the Baltimore game last year in your top top three? No. Would you like to know what they are? If you have them in mind, I don't want to put you on the spot. I do have them in mind. The 1990 season AFC Championship, it actually took place in 1991, against the Raiders when the Bills won 51-3. to Okay. That was the absolute peak to me of Buffalo Bills' performance. I don't think they ever played better than they did in that game on such a big stage. Okay. The other, the comeback. Yep. Against yeah. Houston. And then What's Houston, that? the comeback against Houston. Yeah, the comeback against Houston, and that was in 92. Right. And then you feel like this win this weekend is number three. Yes. Yes, I do. I disagree. Explain. <laughs> I know this is everybody's sentiment. I I enjoyed this weekend, but I feel like the Baltimore win was bigger. I feel like us going to the AFC Championship for the first time in, what, 30 years? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that was bigger. I just think that was bigger. Because, see, although I feel like this is a big game because it's like we put dirt on Belichick. It's like, oh, you have dead now. We threw dirt on you. I get it. But – Yo's other two games resulted in us making Super Bowl runs. If I feel like, and once again, I don't want to be Debbie Downer on this episode. This is all positive. But honestly, let's be real because we, we keep it real, real on the Jamie D. Beat News show. If we lose if we lose Sunday night, then does that does this win really make a difference? So you're saying that because the Ravens game was later in the playoffs, it means more. It, it means more because it was it got us a ticket to the AFC Championship. Okay, that's why I think. And then yeah, and it, it's it's like and it was a closer game. You right. know what I'm saying? So I, I was I don't know I ain't gonna say more worried. Well, there was definitely more tension. I was more worried. Yeah, I can say that. I was more worried last year against Baltimore than I was against New England. And some of that is once we found out, because you and I text each other, once we found out that they was having practice squad players come up, <laughs> I mean, for cornerbacks and all this stuff we were hearing and all the people that was out and questionable, I started, by the time we kicked off, I felt real good about it. That's yeah, all. that is something that we haven't dove into here is that the Bills' passing attack was unstoppable, but they were like bringing dudes in off the street to play cornerback. Exactly. And, and, and Kyle Duggar got hurt, and um, Devin McCourty is like 50. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And so now once again, man, please, man, don't don't throw rocks at me, but I just – and it feels good to beat the Patriots. We, I mean, if you really look at the last two or three years, we've dominated them, right? So mm-hmm. I get it, but it's still it's in the first round. And once again, the the, the Baltimore game was going back and forth, back and forth. Then Teron Johnson, he got the pick six, and it was like it just blew it open for us. And yeah. that was our way of like, okay, now we're one step away from the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I I would I, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I just I would say that the Baltimore game was a bigger win than this one. I, I can see why you would think that. I mean, I may be throwing recency bias in, into my comment there and my opinion on it. it. That's entirely possible that that's what I'm doing. Um, for me, it just it's because of who was beaten and by how badly. I, I, I think it. I'm more excited. I think I'm personally more excited than I was last year um, because, well... I didn't like winning close games. <laughs> well, think here, here. Let's just conceptualize this. Sure. Think about yeah. it. If we lose this weekend, we're going to be 
we're going to be pissed. And you, you know, we could might be able to cut this out if you want. I just want to make the point that if we lose, if we lose Sunday, then mm-hmm. we still got a bad taste in our mouth. I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth after we lost in the to Kansas City. It felt bad, but it still felt like, man, this was a good year because we beat Baltimore. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Where and we're we knocking lose, on the door of the Super Bowl. We were right there. We were right there. Where if we lose, see, this is this is the win where it's fun, it's great, but I mean, I didn't I felt like we should have win. Like it would have been to me, it would have been disastrous if we would have lost this game. Like we yeah. did, we did. The only reason why this game feels so special because we dominated the way we did, and that yes. goes back to what we say every week. When Josh Allen plays well, the defense play well, we dominate, look like the best. Then it feels good. It's like mm-hmm. a big party where, like you said, you don't you don't like to have uh, games where they're tight. So we were sitting there on the edge of our seats, like not knowing what was going to happen. Then once Johnson got the pick six, we all erupted like, woo, like, okay, we can do this. Where it was none of that this weekend, which feels good. This is a feel-good win, but I don't think it's bigger than the Baltimore win and the others you said, though. But I don't know. Okay. And okay. you're you're not the only one admitting because everybody's been kind of talking about this Um the last 48 hours, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know about that. I got a different take on it. But mm-hmm. by all means, still party, have your drinks celebrated, but it's only contingent on what we do this weekend, I think. Yes. Let's shift gears a little bit. You <laughs> brought up the Dallas game. It was the Cowboys against the 49ers with a wild ending. There were a couple of wild endings this this weekend. That one... Do you think that's going to cost somebody their job? Well, they are. <laughs> they already said that uh, McCarthy is going to keep his job. Um, I don't know how true that's going to be. You know, things can change as time goes on. But uh, Jerry Jones wasn't happy. He said in his post game <laughs> that uh, you know, with this amount of talent, I expect more. So I mean, he's bringing people to to the task and letting them know I expect more. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if McCarthy got let go. Once again, I don't agree with what happened with the game. In case you all haven't seen it, the Cowboys lost yesterday to the 49ers, 23-17. They shot themselves in the foot. They were the most penalized team in the league this year with the most yards. They had over 1,000 yards and penalties, it said, and they showed it yesterday. but even through all that, they still had a chance because Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. They had a chance to get the ball back and make a drive. And as time went on, they didn't have any timeouts. I think it was 18 seconds left on the clock. And uh, they called a QB. They were probably on a 45-yard line, maybe 40-yard line. They wanted to get a little closer with uh, 12 seconds left. They called a QB sneak. He ran about 10 yards. He slid. Um he put the ball down, the center went to snap it, and the referee, because the rule is the referee has to touch the ball after every play. Mm-hmm. So the center was ready to snap it. The referee grabbed the ball, set it back maybe another three, four inches. He snapped it, tried to down the ball, time runs out. Mm-hmm. And Dak Prescott, uh, McCarthy, obviously feeling, I feel like they feel like they got a pound in their face. They felt dumb for the mistake. Uh, they blamed the referees. Uh, the Cowboy fans was throwing things at the referees on the way out, but that's simply the rule. So watching the game, and I explained this to uh, my wife and kids, I was like, what Dak should have did when he slid, he should have gave the ball to the referee. If he would have gave the ball to the referee, he would have placed it down the center with a snap. They probably would have had two, three seconds left on the clock. Right. Instead, the referee had to run through the line through the that line. was already set up in order to get to it. That, exactly. that game was not on the ref. That was not yeah. on the ref. That was not the ref's fault. It was no. a questionable call. Like Definitely. running a quarterback draw. And and the thing was he ran like, I don't know, it was like 15 yards. He slid too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took too much time off the clock running the ball. You got to throw an out or something that moves the ball quicker than that. Yep, I agree, man. Like, you can't run that play unless you have at least 
18 seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they should know that. I mean, so, but once again, it's one of those situations where Dallas did what Dallas been doing the whole year. They was highly inconsistent. And once again, they're not disciplined in the coaching. Uh, most penalized. That that tells the tale of the tape right there in my eyes. So yeah. Dallas, as the NFC East uh uh, winners, they're going home to a wild card, man. And the 49ers, granted, they're 10 and 7. They, they're moving on. Yes. And the the Cowboys have played so well over the final month of the season. I actually thought that they were going to end up at the Super Bowl. But yeah. then they did that. So. Yeah. And then um, we talked about it earlier, how all the Patriots fans quickly turned to Tom Brady. They demolished the Eagles, who I mean, you could say they backdoored their way into the playoffs. Valiant effort by Philadelphia, but they just didn't have what it takes to take on the no. Buccaneers and what they got going on down there. So, No, they're not. They don't have the guns for it. No. And then no. you had the the Bengals-Raiders game that had its share of controversy and came right down to the final seconds of the game. Yes, and indeed. it looked like the Raiders were going to figure out a way to uh, to figure that one out. I was shocked that the Raiders were as competitive as they were this season after losing their coach midseason. And um, what's the guy's name? Basaccia that they yeah. promoted as their interim coach. I mean, it seems like he's you almost have to bring him back after holding the team together the way he did. I agree. And. The controversial call uh, with Joe Burrow running to the sideline. He was still in bounds when he threw the ball. The ref, I feel like, blew an inadvertent whistle. Mm-hmm. You could hear the whistle blowing, and kind of everybody stopped, and he wound up throwing a touchdown. So um, that was a controversial call. I think that should have been uh, played back again, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like with something like that, you put the time back on the clock, and you replay the down. I agree. I agree. But kudos to Joe Burrow, man. Hey, Joe Burrow is looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now early on. DeMar Chase looks like one of the best receivers. So kudos mm-hmm. to them and see what happens in Tennessee this week with them. But I agree with what you said earlier. I wish this was the uh, AFC Championship game, us against the Chiefs, because um, I do think the, uh, whoever wins this game will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I do agree with you on that. Yeah, it really seems like um it, it really seems like these two teams are tough to beat with I I mean although the Bengals are pretty hot right now themselves. I, I do yeah. think they're beatable. They are. I think so too. And then talking about the Raiders also, Mike Mayock got fired today, um, after three years of GM of the Raiders. So they, they had a lot of turmoil going on. But uh, hopefully Mike Mayock returns to the booth and call Notre Dame game. Before he took that job, <laughs> he was one of our commentators, and I really enjoyed his insight. Um, but as a GM, I had a lot of questionable calls. So, And also going back to some of the stuff they dealt with with the Raiders, the receiver too, right? The receiver got arrested or something, their first-round pick uh, oh, yeah, during yeah. the year. So, I mean, they had a lot of stuff going on. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I – Looking at those games, man, I, I, how do you feel about wild card super weekend, man? How do you feel about that? There's a lot going on, right? I love it, man. I sat on my couch, ate junk food, drank beer, and just watched a <laughs> lot of football, man. I really enjoyed it. And it's funny because if we – I tell people all the time, if Buffalo would have lost, I, I wouldn't be watching anymore. I wouldn't have watched no more football probably into the Super Bowl. Yeah, that happens to me too. <laughs> I get totally turned off. I yeah. get totally turned off when my team is out. I, I it, yeah, it's like I'm, uh, it's, it's like I'm emotionally spent, and I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to see anybody else happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once, once Buffalo lose, it's like okay, it's basketball season for me. All right, what is Wizards doing? What's Michigan basketball doing? I can care less until the <laughs> Super Bowl. Like I, I mean. All those years that we didn't make the playoffs, I couldn't tell you what happened the first couple of weekends of the playoffs because I nope. never watched it. I'll be watching. I'll be watching basketball. 
Same. You know, so I am a lot more invested, and it, it was fun this weekend once we won. I'm glad once again we played uh, Saturday night so I could just enjoy Sunday. Everybody calling and texting, congratulating, because so many people were rooting for us because uh, because they hate the Patriots. So people was calling, congratulating, like, thank God y'all knocked them off. Yeah, good job. It I was got a lot of that, too. Day. Oh, yeah. It was, just it was fun. fun. People man. I didn't even know watched football were texting me all night. <laughs> I just can't believe so many people hate the Patriots. But I'm learning too that a lot of people, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, a lot of people hate the Cowboys. And I didn't really realize oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. They call themselves America's team. How can you get behind that? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they beat us in two Super Bowls too. So I guess I should hold a grudge against them, huh? Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. but that was a long time ago. Yeah, but a lot of people they was rooting for the Forty ers Man, they hate the Cowboys. A lot of a lot of people say that Cowboys fans keep talking about the nineties and you know that and they living off that. And I guess they feel like they're obnoxious because of that. So well, we talk about the nineties too. <laughs> yeah, but we lost though. Yeah. <laughs> like I guess I'd be obnoxious too. We would have won four Super Bowls. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess I probably would too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you, will you feel good about you? You predicting the win this weekend? Then I, I, I don't know yet. I still don't know. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm predicting the win, y'all. Put it down. I'm putting it down. I'm holding Put you it to down. it. Write it in pen. I hope I'm not jinxing us, but I feel good about it. So. Well, I, do you are you upset that we're playing Sunday night? Are you 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 upset that we're playing the last game? No, I don't care. Okay, okay. I would prefer to play on Saturday, but we get two extra days, so that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't see that happening because the higher seed was going to be would have been on short rest if that were the case, and I don't I don't foresee that happening. Um, but yeah, things like that, they, that just doesn't bother me. I know people get fired up about that and I'm just like, meh, okay. <laughs> well, I just want to know. I, it's kind of like one of those things. I just, I want to know, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's get it on. Do it. I'm willing to bet that you have one hell of a song for us tonight. We're, we're recording this on Dr. Martin Luther King Day. My esteemed fraternity brother, Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, man. So big day, day of service. Uh, let's remember what he stood for and let's unite and be one. Big win this weekend, so you get the hey, 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 hey. Shout out to Sal Capaccio. We're going to get the Chiefs this weekend. Bill's Mafia, stand up. Boom. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.